This is Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goen. Well, welcome back to Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goins. Um, this podcast really exists at the name Fishbowl Effect Podcast in detail of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, where Paul tells Timothy, young Timothy, and I do want to correct myself with last episode, I said Crete. He wasn't a Crete. He was in Ephesus. Um, Titus was a Crete. Nonetheless, Paul's encouraging young Timothy in, chap- in, in, in his first letter, 1 Timothy, um, as he's in Ephesus, meaning Timothy in Ephesus. And he says, but be thou an example. He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example, Timothy. And he goes on to give him kind of five to six different snippets of different words like love and, and purity and spirit and, and all these different things that he needs to focus on. His word, his conversation, meaning the way, what, what he says, but also his lifestyle so that he could be an example of the believers. And so I believe he was kind of, in essence, as I like to envision that, kind of putting a word picture to that as a fishbowl, a fish in a fishbowl. And Christians, not just pastors, but Christians as a whole, live a life as fish in a fishbowl, which we should graciously love. We are called to be set apart, called to be holy. And in that, um, people are watching you, watching me. We're going to continue this week with Psalm 118. Really this week, before we get into the next couple weeks, which we'll deal with kind of the sections of Psalm 118. Um, Well, not really week, but really each episode. We're going to look at just the, the, the heritage behind Psalm 118, the heritage of Psalm 118. So um, Psalm 118 sets in a larger context of really Psalms 113 through 118. They, they are, its heritage is known as by the Jews, the Jewish Hallel or H-A-L-L-E-L. They would sing them at the major feast or the major holidays of the Jews and such as the Feast of the Seven Days of Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, the Eighth Day of Shanukah. Uh, so these are some of them, if not all of them, uh, what they would sing. Uh, these 18, or not 18, but really Psalm 113 through 118, they would sing or pray these um, at each one of these, a uh, bare minimal, the ones that I named. Bare minimally, those are absolutely part of them. Some would also be used these at different holidays. Um, just worshiping and praising God. And they would start some of their holidays off with them. And periodically throughout that holiday day and evening, they would choose a time to which they would pray or sing one of the Psalms of Psalm 113 to 118. Now to say that these are the only Psalms of Hillel, that would not be accurate. There are a few more that are also known as this. Some even, some even extend them out to Psalms 120 to 135. But definitely we know that Psalm 136 is known as the great Hillel or Hillel Psalm. Um, so there are different Psalms, but in this moment in time, we can only deal with one of them. We don't have the ability to sit here all day and, and um, expound upon each one of them. So we're just looking at Psalm 118 for now, which happens to be the last Psalm of, of the Hillel Psalms found in chapter 113 through 118. Um, so that's kind of the heritage of what they are when they would sing these psalms or pray these psalms. Um, I find it interesting that they are mentioned a handful of times in the New Testament, 
especially in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 13, um, when Jesus is having his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And when he's riding like what, what we call Palm Sunday. So on the next day, the large crowd who had had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to, to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Now, that's almost a direct quote from Psalm 118, verse 26, which says, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. And so they are attributing these at least at a time and a period, the Jews were noticing because they did believe for a period of time that Jesus was the Messiah whom the Old Testament prophesied about. It wasn't until that same day that he moved out of Jerusalem after the after Palm Palm Sunday. He that same day he would go in, overthrow the money changers tables and then um, exit kind of stage right and go out to the city of Beth, uh, uh, Bethany and kind of stay there, um, that they started to have doubts in who he was. And then coming back in and and starting kind of what he did there in the ministry, they slowly kind of fell off the bandwagon and said, no, this isn't the guy. Because they were expecting the kingship to come immediately to overthrow Rome, Jesus to overthrow Rome. And then uh, they would be the chosen people, if you may, and ruling and reigning. Uh, but Jesus would and will come as king. And in fact, he was still king when he was here. But yet he still had a he, he had a job to do before the ultimate kingship of ruling and reigning over the whole entire earth for all eternity would take place. He had to come to be the suffering servant. And that was what he came to do that first time. And the Jews who thought he was, who sang the part of, if not all of, Psalm 118, as they were laying psalm branches, uh, palm branches down as he entered into Jerusalem, definitely switched the script the next day and the next two days and were yelling, crucify him, instead of yelling, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so this is just some background of Psalm 118. Um, something interesting, too, if you take your Bible, and I, if you notice, some, if you notice what I'm reading, I prefer to read out of the King, King James Version. So if you kind of follow that line, if not, um, I would see if this is true with whatever translation you were using. But I know it is with the KJV. Um, and I don't believe that the authors intended this to take place. I believe it was the divine um, authority of God that Psalm 118 verse 8 is the center verse of the whole entire Bible. And the center of the center verse in the whole entire Bible, you know what the word is or the two words are together? The Lord. Or you could really, that's one word. The Lord. So the Lord is a center focus in the center verse in the whole entire Bible. And that's, I don't know, that's that, but that's pretty breathtaking if you step back and kind of focus on that. Psalm 118 verse 8 is the center verse, and I'll read it for you. It says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord and put confidence in man. So the center verse of the whole entire Bible says, put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in man. And the center word of the center of the whole entire Bible is the Lord. The focus of the whole entire word of God is the Lord. And so this morning, I wanted to take this episode to kind of help us to better understand what the heritage uh, is of Psalm 118, why it's here, what it was used for. It does point to, it's a, we believe, many believe it was the Psalm of David. We know, oh, we, we believe this because in Ezra chapter 3, 10, it was quoted as they devoted the second temple, the founding of the second temple. And they, and they, and we know they attributed it to King David. 
Now, there's no signature on this psalm. There, there's no psalm that says this song is a song of David or Asaph or whatever the case may be. Um, so we don't exactly know, but it does have David-esque style. And we know, in, and according to Ezra 3.10, that it was, it, it was saying at that founding of the second temple, and they attributed it to David. And so um, there's good reason to believe that David is the author. But regardless of the author of this, this psalm is a psalm that is kind of pointing at man, but at the same time, we know that it is a larger picture, a bigger picture of Jesus Christ, whom all of this points to. And as the weeks or as the episodes follow from this, as we lead up to Thanksgiving, we'll continue to unfold not only what the psalm means in its proper context, in its, in its historical, grammatical, literal form, but we'll also see how does this point to Christ? And so the next couple episodes, that's will that that's kind of where this train will be headed. So thank you again for listening to Fishbowl Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goins.